Okay, friends, I think we'll make a start this morning. Uh, let me say welcome to you to Cotton Baptist Church this morning. Uh, I know bank holiday, there's not many of us here. People are scattered far and wide, uh, but it's nice to see those who are. Some people are leaving already, but, uh, uh, and I trust and hope that we'll have a good time. Uh, a kind of overall title to what, what I want to do this morning is Songs of Praise. Uh, you, should, you should have something come up there to tell you that. This is nothing to do with the television programme, I might tell you. We're not doing what's on television. You know, it's said that when people are feeling happy, they sing. So do any of you sing in the bath? In the shower, when everybody else is looking. Does anybody here admit to the fact that they sing sometimes? Are you turned on? Oh, am I turned on? No. Oh, even louder now. Right, as I was saying, does anybody sing in the shower or the bath? We don't have any singers here. Oh, oh, you do sometimes, Nick. Right, okay. <laughs> you know, generally when people are feeling happy, when they're feeling glad, when they're feeling right with the world, right with other people, right with God, they sing. Uh, sorry? No, exactly. <laughs> you know, in the Bible, right at the beginning of the story of the Bible, really, uh, there are songs to God. One of the first ones was when the people of Israel had crossed out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, come into their new land, and Moses, who led them, his sister Miriam, wrote a song. And all of them sang this song, a song of praise to God. Must have been fantastic listening to that song. And then as you go on throughout the Bible, there are loads and loads of songs of praise to God. Uh, there's even a whole book in the Bible, the book of Psalms, that is a book of songs that are praise and thanksgiving and worship to God. Does anybody have a favourite song or hymn that they like to sing in church? What are your favourites? That the storehouse is laden with snow, yes. That rings a bell, but I'm just trying to get the first line. Um, anybody help me on that one? No. We'll come back to that. Storehouses laden with snow. Why do you like that? Because indescribable. Indescribable. Yeah. Right, okay, the bigness and yet something focused. Right, well, um, Nick has chosen one of his favourite songs to start with this morning, so we're going to sing the song uh, that Nick has chosen, and it's a song about everyone needs compassion. Mighty to save, that's one of Nick's favourite songs because he chose it for us to sing now. Now, I was telling you that one book in the Bible, the book of Psalms, is full of songs of praise to God, and Kate's chosen one for this morning. It's a a happy song. It was written by somebody who loved to go to the temple to worship. Somebody who loved the building, who loved the services, who loved everything that went on in the temple. 
The psalmist said, I was glad, I was very glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord today. Now, if you and I are honest, we're probably not quite like that. I mean, did you get up this morning and think, wow, it's Sunday. I can go to Cotton Baptist Church. That is the best thing this week. Oh, you did. Praise God. That's lovely. If only more were like that. I wonder whether some of you had to be bribed or arm-twisted or forced or anything. Oh, yeah, I ought to go. Go out of duty. I don't know. But this is a song by somebody who loved to go to worship. Now, you've got a choice. I could sing it to you or I could ask Caroline to read it to you. And I think that's probably the better option. So Caroline's going to read the first part of this psalm. It's Psalm 84, and I'm going to start by reading verses 1 to 4. How I love your temple, Lord Almighty. How I want to be there. I long to be in the Lord's temple. With my whole being, I sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrows have built a nest, and the swallows have their own home. They keep their young near to your altars. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, how happy are those who live in your temple, always singing praise to you. How I love your temple. Um, Well, first of all, this was about loving the building. Uh, The building of that temple was an amazing sight. It was one of the great wonders of the ancient world. And people went to see it and they went, wow, that is incredible, that is fantastic, that is marvellous, that is amazing. I wonder whether you've been to see great, wonderful sights. Maybe when you're children, mum and dad take you to see big houses or castles or things that make you say, wow, that's huge, that's enormous. Maybe you've been to see sites in other parts of the world, in Egypt. Anybody seen the pyramids? One, two, two people. I've never seen the pyramids, but I guess if you saw them, you'd think, that is absolutely amazing. And that's what people thought when they went to see this this great temple. And why did they build a temple? Well, it was a place to find God, a place to worship God. And although God is everywhere, and you can find God anywhere, it was wonderful to have one place where you came together to worship God. It's a bit like music. You know, you can hear music anywhere. You can hear it through your earphones, you can hear it in the shops, you can hear it on the television. But if you really want to hear music, there's nothing like going to a concert and sitting in a concert hall where you just concentrate and focus on the music. And going to the temple was like that. You go and you concentrate and you focus on God and it was fantastic, an amazing experience. And that's why the writer of this psalm loved going to the temple and loved finding out about God. Well, we've not got a temple, but we've got this. We've got Cotton Baptist Church. That's our special building. Now then, I've got something for the children to do. I've got a treasure hunt. So anybody who wants to take part in my treasure hunt, if you'd like to come up here now... 
And it's very easy, and you can do it together, or... Brilliant. You're going to work together, or going to go on your own? Together. Right, okay. This is how it works. Around the, animal, around the church, there are ten pictures of animals. And it tells you where to look. Sorry? You've seen loads. Right. Well, what you have to do is to fill in, in the front entrance on the left as you come in, an animal found. So you have to write down what animal it is. And then when you get them all, there's a prize. Okay? It's that simple. While they're doing that, let us have a history lesson. Does anybody know in what decade Christians, on Baptist particular, from Cottenham and Willingham, first started meeting in a barn? Anybody know when that first happened, when, which is really the beginnings of this fellowship? 1650, you say. That's very close. It was actually 1660, but... Uh, they... Yeah, John, you should have a prize for that. That was very good. Uh, okay, so in 1660 or 50, according to John, uh, Baptists from Cottenham and Willingham started meeting together in a barn. Now, early in which century was a building first put on this site. Not this building, but another building on this site. Which century? Early in it. Sorry? 18th? Yeah, that's right. In the 18th century, in the 1700s, a building was first erected on this site. Right, which years was this building actually erected? It took them two years to build it from... Anybody, any ideas? 1856, yeah, 1854 they started, 1856 they finished. And this is the statistic I find amazing. In which century was 50% of the population of Cottenham a Baptist? That's 1,000 people who were Baptists out of 2,000. Which century was that? The 17th century? Sorry? Definitely the 19th. It was the 19th century, yes. Uh, and that's including this church and the strict Baptist church across the road. Uh, if you put the, get, the numbers together from those two fellowships, half of Cottenham claimed to be Baptists. Let's see how these guys are doing. Oh, yeah, you're doing okay. Good. They're doing all right on that. (laughs) They've got it. Right. Um, So that's something about the history of this place. And all sorts of things happen in this church. Somebody tell me some of the things that happen in this building. In the whole building, not just this part of the building. 
Sorry? Uh, yeah, something for children, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, things that happen now in this building. Food bank. Breakfast. Youth club. Uh, yeah, serving lattes. And in this building? Oh, was it? Right, I didn't know that. Upstairs room was a field hospital for recuperation. That's interesting. And in this part of the building? Baptisms? Weddings? Dedication of children? Funerals, okay, all sorts of things happen. How are we doing? Three left. Three left, okay. And probably of all of those things, the most important thing is that this is a place to find God and to worship God. Just like that temple of old, it's a place where you can focus on God, on his goodness, his love, his care for all people inclusive of all people, of all generations, all nationalities, all backgrounds, everybody welcome in this house of God. And of course the church isn't just the building as you know. If this building should happen to be destroyed in some random earthquake, it wouldn't be the end of the church because the church is you, the people, uh, and the church would go on even if the building wasn't here. But this building is a gift, a place where we can focus on God, where we can share our faith, where we can learn from one another, where we can be encouraged. Now, I'll stop at this point and see how we're doing. You're trying to find the cross. Anybody help them? Does anybody know where the cross is? There's a little cross there. No, there's quite a big cross. Ah, you need to go outside. (laughs) And hopefully they've got it. And there's three of them. I happen to have three prizes here. And I'm glad somebody didn't see the pictures of the animals and take them all down thinking somebody's desecrated our church with pictures of animals because that would have made this part really awkward. (laughs) Here they come. You've got them all, have you? Give them a clap. Well done. Right. And you found a monkey, a lion, a kangaroo, an elephant, a giraffe, a camel, a pig, a bear, a rhino, and a tiger. I'm glad you wrote rhino, because rhinoceros is quite hard to spell, isn't it? Okay, so I've got three prizes here. We've got teeth and lips, or strawberry-flavoured pencils. Which ones would you like? No, they're the only ones 
The only ones that you like. So you'll have to share. Do you want to swap? No. You don't like them. Well, you'll have to give them to somebody else. Okay, give them a round of applause. We're going to sing a song about the church. The fact that God is building a people of power. For I'm building a people of power, making a people of praise. We're going to move on to the second part of the psalm and Caroline's going to read the next part for us now. I'm reading verses 5 to 9. How happy are those whose strength comes from you, who are eager to make the pilgrimage to Mount Zion as they pass through the dry valley of Baca, it becomes a place of springs. The autumn rain fills it with pools. They grow stronger as they go. They will see the God of gods on Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen, O God of Jacob. Bless our King, O God the king you have chosen. So the writer of this psalm didn't just love the temple, but he loved the worship that went on in the temple. Probably the most important thing about the temple was not what it looked like on the outside, but what happened on the inside. And it was built and it was designed with one thing above all in mind, that people come together to worship God. Now, I know you can worship God on your own. It's wonderful to be quiet, to pray, to be still on your own. That's a great experience. But there's something very special about coming together with other people so that you help and encourage each other. You think, it's not just me. There are many others. I belong to a family of people. The day I I prepared for this service, I actually had lunch on my own, and that was fine. Just a week before, we'd had the family and we'd had a barbecue. And it was noisy and it was fun and it was busy. And I tell you what, there's something special about lots of people being together and not being on your own. And the great thing about worship and the temple and our church is that we come together to worship with other people. And I think this psalm mentions three things that happen when we worship. We get strength. We get new life and we get prayer. Now, strength. Who's the strongest person in this building today, do you think? And I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about human strength. Who do you reckon is the strongest? <coughs> because I thought we'd do a spot of arm wrestling. <laughs> uh, so, can I have the strongest person here? That's you, is it, sir? <laughs> And would you like to nominate a contender? Okay. Here's the table set. Take your seats, gentlemen. Right, it's the best of three. On your marks, get set, go. Uh, 
second one? Oh. Okay, I think you won that bout. Anybody else want to challenge him? Oh, well done. Well done. Uh, and you want to have a go with the winner? Go on. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> Can't the ladies have a go? <laughs> well, it's good to know there's some strong people here today. Sometimes, however, spiritually, we're not as strong. We're rather weak. Uh, We're a bit like a battery that's run down. I don't know whether you've got one of these things, but they're really useful. Uh, A tester to see how strong a battery is and whether it's strong or weak. And you put your battery in there and you know whether it's run down. And this one, hopefully, when I get it the right way around, says that, yeah, it's good. Uh, But if I keep using this battery, it will be not quite so good, and then in the end it will be rubbish and will have to be thrown away. And sometimes you and I are a bit like a battery like that, a bit like the battery on your phone that runs out of charge, that runs out of power, uh, and we come to church feeling a bit weak, feeling that we haven't got much charge left in us, feeling that we need to be topped up feeling that we need new strength, we need to be inspired to live as a Christian, to have a stronger sense of God, of faith, of hope. Uh, And God brings us to church sometimes to recharge us, to recharge our batteries, so that by coming to church, by coming to God, we find that our strength is renewed. This is what the prophet Isaiah says. He strengthens those who are weak and tired. Even those who are young grow weak. Young men can fall exhausted. But those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow weak. He renews our strength. Let's sing the song. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We were talking about loving the worship. We were talking about the fact that strength comes from worship. Strength rises as we wait upon the Lord. And then I said that new life comes as we worship as well. And the picture that the psalmist has is of a dry valley. A valley that's supposed to be teeming with water, flowing with a river. 
with life and plants and trees on the side, swimming fish in the river. But instead, all the water's dried up. All the water's gone, no fish, no plants, and it's a dry valley. It's just mud, a bit like that. And that's what the psalm writer feels like. He feels he's not, not like a river anymore, he's just like dry mud. And you know, for lots of people in the world, life is literally like that. If we have the next slide, we can read that. Millions of people in over a dozen countries in Africa, in the Horn of Africa and Southern Africa, are facing the peak effect of severe drought that hit the regions resulting in famine. And there are some other nations. More than 20 million people estimated by the United Nations to be suffering from famine. So I thought in this moment, as we read about those dried up pools, we should remember those who are suffering from famine. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we're people who live in a country where you turn the tap on and there is clean, pure, hygienic water. And we take it for granted and we don't realise what a privilege it is. And we pray, Lord God, for those people who live in those 20 countries where water supply is so tragically limited. And those people who come to the normal place where they would get their water from a river to find that there's none, that there's only mud. Or that even the mud has dried up. Father, we thank you that there are many agencies out there seeking to help people and bring them clean water. And we pray, Lord, for the different groups and different charities and different mission organisations that are seeking to bring water to those who lack it. But, Father, we stop and remember them. We pray that there might be more and more supply of clean, drinkable water for those millions of people who don't know what that means at this time. Lord, bless them and bless all those efforts to help them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And the next slide shows what it should actually look like. Instead of dry mud, there should be water there. And that's really what the psalmist wanted. He wanted his heart, his soul to be watered. He didn't want to be dry and shriveled up and and baked in the sun. He wanted to be watered with the rain of God's presence and God's spirit. And he was saying when he came to the temple, he felt refreshed. He felt that God had really refreshed him. Now at this point, I'd love to refresh you all and give you cups of coffee and stuff, but I can't do that. But what I can do is this. Who would like a jelly baby just to refresh you? Can I have my, the two girls up here to come and give these out for me? Do you want to come and give out the jelly babies? If you do that side, that's it. And then you can have some for yourself. Do you like jelly babies? Uh, <laughs> and poor old Nick's standing up there in the organ loft ready to play for us and he won't get one. And we'll keep one for you later, Nick. That's it. And John's right at the back. Now, have you had enough? No. There we are. And you had some 
so the temple worship strength refreshment and then prayer Jesus said that the temple, he quoted this from Isaiah, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. And churches, temples, cathedrals, chapels are places where people come to pray. I don't know whether you've ever visited Ely Cathedral at that moment when somebody stands in the pulpit and stop the visitors and ask them for a moment to stop and pray. And they pray a prayer and invite people to join in the Lord's Prayer. That's what we're called to do, to pray. Now then, I thought we would do three things this morning. I want us to pray for some individual people. Uh, Then we're going to say the Lord's Prayer. And then we're going to sing a song about prayer. So I've got some pieces of paper. Caroline, can you give people a piece of paper and... A pencil. Papers in there. there. And I'll give some over here. Oh, can you do that? That's brilliant. And some more pencils right there. Now, what I want you to do on your piece of paper is very simply, I want you to write one word, the name of somebody you would like us to pray for this morning. Just their first name, not a surname, just their first name of somebody you would like us to pray for this morning. The first name of somebody you'd like us to pray for. Then I'm going to collect the papers up and we're going to pray for those people. So please don't put hundreds of names because that will take much longer to do. Just one name of somebody you would like us to pray for. And then we'll collect them up when you've done them. <clears throat> Only one name, yes. One day spent in your temple is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the gate of the house of my God than live in the homes of the wicked. The Lord is our protector and glorious King blessing us with kindness and honour. He does not refuse any good thing to those who do what is right. Lord Almighty, how happy are those who trust in you. So we've talked about loving the building. We've talked about loving the worship. And now this final bit is about loving God. Because the whole point of the building is God. It's not just the building, it's not just the worship that happens, it's all about God. And that's what matters. If God isn't here, then nothing else counts for anything. But if God is here, that's the most important thing of all. Now, back in the Old Testament, uh, Jacob was on his travels and he, he stopped overnight and slept with his head on a stone and had a dream. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place, out in the open air. And this is what we want for every place that's a house of God. Surely the Lord is in this place. And if God is here, he's going to do three things. And I need some volunteers again. I need... Three volunteers. Can I have my three volunteers out again? 
Right, can I... Sorry about that. Right, can I ask you to put on this raincoat? It won't fit very well, but you can try. And we're going to put up the umbrella. Okay. So you're going to do that. Can you stand there with the raincoat on and the umbrella? Right, I'm going to ask you to hold this book here. Can you just hold it up and then I'll explain what it's about. And you are going to hold a bottle of apple juice and an apple. You can't hold them both, can you? We'll put the apple down there. You can actually hold them. Right. Okay, aren't you doing well? To me, that's not doing very well. Okay. What's this got to do with loving God? What does God do for us? Well, God protects us. And just as your raincoat and your umbrella would protect you from the rain if it rains, God protects us from all kinds of bad stuff. And that's one of our prayers, surely. Lord, protect us. Protect us from evil. Uh, We prayed it in the Lord's Prayer. Deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, protect us. And now let's have a look at your book. Anybody know what this comes from? Ikea. Ikea, right. Whenever you buy something from Ikea, it comes with the instructions of what to do. Hold it up nice and high so everybody can see it. And you know, the psalmist says God gives us instructions how to live our life, what to do and what not to do. And we thank God for that. God protects us, God guides us, and last of all, God gives us many good gifts. Why is she holding apple juice in an apple? I just want to tell you about somebody and his picture's up there. Uh, Dr. Richard. I used to go and visit Dr. Richard and every time I went to see him, he always gave me something. I could never go to his house without him giving me something. Sometimes it was a bottle of juice, sometimes some fruit, sometimes he took some chops out of the freezer. He always gave me something. He was such a wonderful man. No longer with us, unfortunately, but he gave us good things, like God, because whenever we go to God, he gives us good things. So he protects, he guides, and he gives And that's why we love God. And you know, when we come to church, we ought to sense that God has given us something. I don't know what God's given you today. Perhaps a bit of happiness, perhaps a bit of hope, perhaps some strength, perhaps some love, and perhaps some joy in these children. So thank you very much. You can put them down now and go back and sit down, and I think they'll give you a round of applause. Sorry? And you know, we shouldn't be able to come to church without receiving some blessing somewhere from a God who loves to bless in all kinds of ways. Joy and peace and love and gratitude and contentment. He wants to bless you with something this day. And I wonder what your blessing is. Let's just have a prayer before we sing our final song. 
Father God, we thank you that you love to bless us with good things. We thank you, Lord God, that you're always giving, and you give, and you give, and you keep on giving, and when we think we've received all it's possible to receive, then you give us more. And we thank you for your generosity and your goodness and your love and for all the good things that you pour upon us. So our God, we offer you thanksgiving and praise this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to finish thinking about songs of praise of the last song, Praise Him, You Heavens. It's another song that Nick has chosen for us, another one of his favourites. And we give thanks, our praise to God as we sing, Praise Him, You Heavens. And Father God, we ask your blessing upon us as we leave. We ask that your presence, your love, your peace, your mercy and your goodness would be with us in all the days of this week and be with those we love wherever they are. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us all forevermore. Amen.